Cantos 16, 17, and 18 of Book 2 of the Ramayana of Balmaki, translated by Ralph T. H. Griffith. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Om123. Canto 16. Rama Summoned. So through the crowded inner door, Sumantra, skilled in ancient law, unto the private chambers pressed, who it stood apart from all the rest. There, youthful warriors, true and bold, whose ears were ringed with polished gold, all armed with trusty bows and darts, watched with devoted eyes and hearts. And weary man, a faithful train, whose aged hands held steeps of came, the ladies' god, apparel fair, in red attire were stationed there. Soon as they saw Sumantra nigh, each longed his lord to gratify, and from his seat beside the door, upsprang its ancient servitor. Then to the warders quickly cried, the skilled Sumantra, void of pride, tell Rama that the charioteer, Sumantra, waits for audience here. The ancient man with one accord, seeking the pleasure of their lord, passing with speed the chamber door, to Rama's ear the message bore. Forthwith the prince, with duteous heed, called in the messenger with speed. For it was his sire's command he knew that sent him for the interview. Like Lord Kubera, well arrayed, he pressed a couch of gold, wherefrom a covering of brocade hung down in many a fold. Oil and the sandal's fragrant dust had tinged his body over, dark as the stream the spearman's trust drains from the wounded boar. Him Sita watched with tender care, a chari in her hand as Chitra, ever fond in fair, beside the moon will stand. Him glorious with unborrowed light, a liberal lord of sun-like might, Sumantra hailed in words like these, well skilled in gentle courtesies. As with joined hands in reverence raised, upon the beauteous prince he gazed, happy Kaushalya, blessed is she, the mother of a son like thee, now rise, O Rama, speed away, go to thy sire without delay, for he and Queen Kaike seek an interview with thee to speak. The Lion Lord of Man, the best of splendid heroes, does address to Sita, spake with joyful cheer, the King and Queen, my lady dear, touching the throning for my sake, some salutary counsel take. The lady of the full black eye would fain her husband gratify and all his purpose understood, counsels the monarch to my good. A happy fate is mine I win, when he, consulting with his queen, Sumandra on this charge's intent, upon my gain and good has sent. An envoy of so noble sort, well sweets the splendour of the court. The consecration rite this day will join me in imperial sway, to meet the lord of art, for so his order beats me I will go. Thou, lady, here in comfort stay, and with thy maidens rest or play. Thus Rama spake, for meet reply, the lady of the large black eye, attended to the door her lord, and blessings on his head implored. The majesty and royal state, which holy Brahmans venerate, the consecration and the right, which sanctifies the ruler's might, and all imperial power should be, thine by thy father's high decree. As he, the walls who formed and planned, the kingship gave to Indra's hand. 
then shall mine eyes my king adore while lustral rites and fast are over and black deer skin and roebuck's horn thy lordly limbs and hand adorn may he whose hands the thunder wailed be in the east thy guard and shield may yama's care the south befriend and baroon's arm the west defend and let kuvera lord of gold the north with firm protection hold then rama spoke a kind farewell and hailed the blessings as they fell from cedar's gentle lips and then as a young lion from his den descends the mountain's stony side so from the hall the hero hide first luxman at the door he viewed who stood in reverent attitude then to the central court he pressed where watched the friends who loved him best to all his dear companions there he gave kind looks and greeting fair on to the lofty car that glowed like fire the royal tiger strode bright as himself with silver shone a tiger skin was laid thereon with cloud-like thunder as it rolled it flashed with gems and burnished gold and like the sun's meridian blaze blinded the eyes that none could gaze like youthful elephants tall and strong fleet coursers whirled the car along in such a car the thousand eyed borne by swift horses loves to ride so like parjania when he flies thundering through the autumn skies the hero from the palace paid as leaps the moon some cloud overhead still close to rama lakshman kept behind him to the car he leapt and watching with fraternal care waved the long chauri's silver hair as from the palace gate he came uprose the tumult of acclaim while loud huja and jubilant shout pealed from the gathered myriads out then elephants like mountains vast and steeds who all their kind surpassed followed their lord by hundreds nay by thousands led in long array first matched a band of warriors trained with sandal dust and aloe stained well armed was each with sword and bow and every breast with hope aglow and ever as the onward went shouts from the warrior train and every sweet-toned instrument prolonged the minstrel strain on passed the tamer of his foes while well-clad dames in crowded rows each chamber led is strong to view and chaplets on the hero trio then all of peerless face and limb sang rama's praise for love of him and blend their voices soft and sweet from palace high and crowded street now sure kaushalya's heart must swell to see the son she loves so well dee rama dee her joy and pride triumphant over the realm preside then for the new his bride most fair of all who part the soft dark hair his love his life possessed the whole over her young hero's heart and soul be sure the lady's fate repays some mighty vow of ancient days for blessed with rama's love we see as with the moon's sweet rohini such were the witching words that came from lips of many a peerless dame crowding the palace roofs to greet the hero as again the street canto seventeen rama's approach as rama rendering blit and gay his loving friends pursued his way he saw on either hand a press of mingled people numberless the royal street he traversed where incense of aloe filled the air where rose high palaces that vied with pally clouds on either side 
with flowers of myriad colors graced and food for every varied taste bright as the glowing path overhead which feet of god's celestial tread loud benedictions sweet to hear from countless voices soothed his ear while he to each gave due salute his place and dignity to sweet be thou the joyful people cried be thou our guardian lord and guide throned and anointed king to-day thy feet set forth upon the way wherein each honoured as a god thy fathers and forefathers trod thy sire and his have graced the throne and loving care to us have shown thus blessed shall we and ours remain yea still more blessed in rama's reign no more of dainty fare we need and but one cherished object heed that we may see our prince to-day invested with imperial sway such were the words and pleasant speech that rama heard unmoved from each of the dear friends around him spread as onward through the street he sped for none could turn his eye or thought from the dear form his glances sat with fruitless ardour forward cast even when ragu's son had passed and he who saw not rama nigh nor caught a look from rama's eye a mark for scorn and general blame reproached himself in bitter shame for to its class his equal mind with sympathy and love inclined most fully of the princely four so great as love to him they bore his circling course the hero band round shrine and altar reverend round homes of guards where cross-roads met where many a sacred tree was set near to his father's house he drew like indra's beautiful to view and with delight his glory gave within the royal palace drave through three broad courts where bowmen kept their watch and ward his courser swept then through the two remaining went on foot the prince preeminent through all the courts the hero passed and gained the lady's bower at last then through the door alone withdrew and left without his retinue when thus the monarch's noble boy had gone his sire to meet the multitude delayed with joy stood watching in the street and his return with eager eyes expected at the gates as for his darling moon to rise the king of rivers waits canto eighteen the sentence with hopeless eye and pallid mien there sat the monarch with the queen his father's feet with reverence due he clasped and touched kaikei's too the king with eyes still brimming over cried rama and could do no more his voice was choked his eye was dim he could not speak or look on him then sudden fear made rama shake as though his foot had roused a snake soon as his eyes had seen the chains so mournful terrible and strange for there his reason well nigh fled sighing with soul disquieted to torturing pangs a prey dismayed despairing and distraught in a fierce whirl of weltering thought the hapless monarch lay like ocean web and garlanded storm driven from his tranquil bed then sun god in eclipse or like a holy seer heart steered with anguish when a lying ward has passed his heedless leaps the sight of his dear father pained 
with war and misery unexplained, fill drama with unrest, as ocean's pulses rise and swell, when the great moon he loved so well shines full upon his breast. So grieving for his father's sake, to his own heart the hero spake, Why will the king my sire to-day no kindly word of greeting say? At other times, do wrought he be, his eyes grow calm that look on me, then why does anguish wring his brow to see his well-beloved now? Sick and perplexed, distraught with war, to Queen Keke bowing low, while pallor over his bright cheek spread, with humble reverence he said, What have I done unknown amiss, to make my father wrought like this? Declare it, O dear Queen, and win his pardon for my heedless sin. Why is the sire I ever find, filled with all love to-day unkind, with eyes cast down and pallid cheek, this day alone he will not speak. Or lies he prostrate and it to blow, of fierce disease or sudden woe, for all our bliss is dashed with pain, and joy unmixed is hard to gain. The stroke of evil fortune smite, dear Varad, charming to the sight, or on the braves at Rugna fall, or consorts, for he loves them all. Against his words, when I rebel, or fail to please the monarch well, when deeds of mine his soul offend, that hour I pray my life may end. How should a man to him who gave, his being and his life behave? The sire to whom he vows his birth, should be his deity on earth, hast thou by pride and folly moved, with bitter taunt the king reproved, hast scorn of thine or cruel jest, to passion steered his gentle breast. Speak truly, queen, that I may know, what cause has changed the monarch so? Thus by the high-souled prince addressed, of Raku's sons the chief and best, she cast all root and shame aside, and bold greedy words replied, not wrath, O Rama, steals the king, nor misery steps with sudden sting. One thought that fills his soul has he, but dares not speak for fear of thee. Thou art so dear, his lips refrain from words that might his darling pain. But thou, as duty bids, must steal the promise of thy sire fulfill. He who to me in days gone by forged a boon with honours high, dares now a king his word regret and caitiff-like disowns the debt. The Lord of man his promise gave, to grant the boon that I might crave. And now a bridge would idly throw, when the dried stream has ceased to flow. His fate the monarch must not break, in wrath, or even for thy dear sake. From fate, as well the righteous know, our virtue and merits flow. Now, be they good or they be ill, do thou thy father's words fulfil, Swear that his promise shall not fail, and I will tell thee all the tale. Yes, Rama, when I hear that thou hast bound thee by thy father's bar, then, not till then, my lips shall speak, nor will he tell what boon I seek. He heard, and with a troubled breast, this answer to the queen addressed. Of me, dear lady, canst thou deem, that words like these thy lips beseem, I, at the bidding of my sire, would cast my body to the fire, a deadly draught of poison drink, or in the waves of ocean sink. If he command, it shall be done, 
my father and my king in one. Then speak and let me know the thing, so longed for by my lord the king. It shall be done, let this suffice. Rama never makes a promise twice. He ended to the princely youth, who loved the right and spoke the truth. Cruel, abominable came, the answer of the ruthless dame. When gods and titans fought of yore, transfixed with darts and bedded in gore, two boons to me thy father gave, for the dear life it was mine to save. Of him I claim the ancient debt, that buried on the throne be set, and thou, O Rama, go this day to Dundak forest far away. Now, Rama, if thou wilt maintain thy father's fate without a stain, and thine own truth and honour clear, then, best of man, my bidding hear. Do thou thy father's word obey, nor from the pledge he gave me stray, the life in Dundak forest spend, till nine long years and five shall end. Upon my birth's princely head, let consecrating drops be shed, with all the royal pomp for thee, made ready by the king's decree, seek down the forest and resign, rights that would make the empire thine. For twice seven years of exile were, the coat of bark and matted hair, then in thy steed laid borrowed rain, lord of the royal sire's domain. Rich in the fairest gems that shine, cars, elephants, and steeds, and kine. The monarch mourns thy altered faith, and veils his brow compassionate. Bowed down by bitter grief he lies, and dares not lift to thine his eyes. Obey his word, be firm and brave, and with great truth the monarch save. While thus with cruel words she spoke, no grief the noble youth betrayed, but forth the father's anguish broke, and his dear Rama's lot dismayed. And of Canto sixteen, seventeen, and eighteen.